You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's a Doggy Dog World is brought to you by PetCare Rx, America's most affordable pet pharmacy. PetCare Rx offers the same meds as top vets, but with a savings up to 50%. And if you find a lower price on a certified EPA and FDA-approved medication, PetCare Rx will match that price. So go to PetCareRx.com. Use promo code DOGWORLD10. D-O-G-W-O-R-L-D, the number 10, and receive $10 off orders of $50 or more. It's a big world out there, and you're just looking for a pat on the back or head. You run around the city, searching for a place to bark, working your tail off with your nose to the ground, sniffing for a few scraps, hoping someone will throw you a bone. You take each lead, collar after collar, hoping one day to take a bite out of success and become the top dog. Fortunately, you come home each day to open arms, open cans, a drink waiting for you, and a comfortable place in front of the TV set. You know you've got it good, really good, because after all, it's a doggy dog world out there. Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with your host, pet expert, and award-winning author, Liz Palaika, and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Hi, welcome to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm Liz Palaika, and with me today are my good friends Paige Burke. Hello. And Kate Abbott. How do And today, well, today we're going to ruffle some feathers. <laughs> you like doing that. <laughs> yeah, we tend to make a habit of doing that. It's fun. Anyway, as you know, the three of us have Kindred Spirits Dog Training in Vista, California. It's in northern San Diego County. We teach... Puppy socialization classes, we, we do the Puppy Star program, we teach basic obedience classes for well-behaved family pet, Kate and Walter do trick training, we do therapy dog training, intermediate training, carding, fly ball, non-competitive agility, we do all kinds of stuff. We believe in keeping the dog's body busy and his mind busy at the same time. So training's our thing. <laughs> And we pay attention to training, what's going on. We also watch some of the contraptions that our clients bring to class. And we're How gonna, is that working? <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to talk about some of those contraptions that we've seen. I, I hesitate to call some of them training tools. Yeah. And when we were back at the Global Pet Expo in Orlando, Florida in February, we saw a number of different things there too. We did not bring those back with us. We didn't want to pay for them. Nope. <laughs> nope. And our luggage was overloaded as it was. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I think first of all, let's talk about what is a well-trained dog. We need to take a break first. So hold on, listen for our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Sit. Stay. It's a doggy dog world. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. It's a doggy dog world is brought to you by Petco.com. Petco is a leading specialty retailer of premium pet food supplies and services, offering more than 10,000 high quality pet related products. Enter the code DOGGY10, D-O-G-G-Y, the number 10, and get 10% off any order. 
No minimum at Petco.com. Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash world, W-O-R-L-D, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PetMeds.com. There's a movement afoot, ShoeBuy.com. Join the millions of people who shop ShoeBuy.com's over 400 brands and 500,000 products. Order now and get free shipping and free return shipping. ShoeBuy.com, the world's greatest shoe store. Walk your dog in style and comfort. Enter the code DOGGY, D-O-G-G-Y, at checkout and get a 10% discount plus free shipping at ShoeBuy.com. Hello? Danica, where have you been? Oh, Grandma, I've been busy, you know, racing, GoDaddy girl. Oh, I built my own online store with GoDaddy. Really? Let me see. Grandma'sAuction.com. Hey, those Grandpa's golf clubs. Grandma needs her bingo money. Use promo code Doggy10. D O G G Y, the number ten, and get a .com domain name for just seven forty nine at GoDaddy.com. Question, what do I want? What do I need? I'll take affection. I reach and mention. I need time. I need love. I crave attention. That's it. You're madder than a junkyard dog, and you're not going to take it anymore. Your feathers are ruffled, your dander is up, and you've got a definite bone to pick. Join us each week on Pet Peeves, the show that lets you dig through the dirt and unleash your passion for pets. Your host, pet expert and award-winning author, Amy Shojai, will talk about what makes you howl and what hisses you off. Pet Peeves, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're begging for more. So back to It's a Doggy Dog World with your fetching hosts, Liz Palaika and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. We're back. (laughs) 
So let's talk first about what is a well-trained dog. Well, I got a call this afternoon from someone about training classes, and she said it about five times. She said, I want a good companion, good citizen dog. And I loved the fact that that those were her That's two goals, to have good. a good family dog yeah. and a good citizen to take out into the world dog. Right. And I was like, those are awesome goals for your dog. Right. Great. We'd love to work with you. Smart woman. And we've been promoting the, the AKC Canine Good Citizen for many, many years and emphasizing that all family dogs should take the CGC and pass it. And that is a good goal for a, for a well-trained dog. But it's just the beginning. You could do, I mean, well-trained dog, you could do so much and besides enjoying the companionship. I mean, look what we do with our guys. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think once you get the basis of them learning how to learn and communicate with you and you get the bond going, you're going to have a blast. We've seen that with a little time. a little cockapoo mix who was a rescue, and a little very Katie. loving and very sweet and uh, a very loving, sweet, gentle owner. Katie was just a little bit like, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Well, there's like a light switch turned on in her a couple of weeks ago, where she went, darn, learning new stuff is fun. Oh yeah, and she's having a blast. Having an absolute blast. When we were doing that carding class, the big dogs were having a little little struggle here and there. And there comes little Katie with oh, a little, what was it, a, a gallon jug with some water in it. And giving it her 110% and pulling that thing. And so proud. Oh my gosh, she oh, was awesome. She was awesome. Used to be when she did the obedience, she would do it, and she looked, but she's like, okay, is this right? Now she's out there with that tail wagging the whole, I'm doing a sit-stay, I'm doing a sit-stay, I'm doing so good. Oh, look at me, heel. Oh, I know what heel means. But she's so willing to learn different things. She's like, yeah, give it to me. I can do it. And her mom is just awesome. with her, and Katie's having a better time in Mm -hmm. life. She's still a good, sweet, good girl. Sure. But now she's like, give me some more. This mm-hmm. is fun. Yeah. Several months ago, I interviewed Dr. Ian Dunbar for an article I was writing for Dog World Magazine. And the article was on training tools. And I asked Ian about um, a variety of different training tools. And although he answered several of my questions for the article, he didn't comment on, he didn't want to comment on the individual tools because he said, those are just managing the dog. Tools are to manage or control the dog while you train him. And that a well-trained dog basically shouldn't need any more than a buckle collar. To hold his license. To hold his tags. And Well, I, we have a leash law, so I guess you got to attach okay. a leash to yeah, it. So, but but I, they should. Whether or not you need to use it. Exactly. I think people tend to look upon training tools as the end result rather than as an intermediate step. We tell people a training tool can help you get your dog's attention so you can teach him. Right. If you've got a dog who's dragging... Sometimes it's just to keep him within six feet so you can teach him. So you can teach him, sure. (laughs) Yeah. If you need a training collar or you need a specific training tool of some kind, so that you can control the dog, keep him close to you, and you can get his attention so you can teach him how to be a well-trained dog. But I think far too many people look at the variety of tools 
rely on the tools to be the trainer. Right. Not the right. person themselves. Right. And marketing folks and inventors have sure put a lot of them out there. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I guess I'll start. Yeah. <laughs> Clickers are very... Clicker? Are very popular training tools right now. And I was sent this sample of one. It's a, it's a little plastic clicker with an elastic wristband and it's it's not unlike a whole bunch of others that are out there neither good nor bad it's fine i had some problems with the instructions this Uh piece of paper is maybe three inches by 11 inches and this is supposed to give the everything you need to know about clicker training your dog I'm sure that's come as a big surprise to Karen Pryor. Yes, yes. So, an extremely abbreviated instruction. And I don't find anything else on here that says you can find out more by going to. And the repetitions, it says on each instruction, repeat this process 20 times. And if your dog is still having problems, wait a little while and do it again. 20 times! That's way too many repetitions. I can see my dog's giving me the paw. I walk <laughs> away. Oh, oh, okay, let's, times. let's look at your Pomeranians. No oh, matter how no. tiny the treat after 20 repetitions, yeah. they're going to be full. Oh, yeah. And then wait a little while and do it again. You're right. Keely would just be under the bed going, uh-uh. Sorry, we're done. And a great many dogs, especially in the very beginning of clicker training, 20 times, they're going to hate the sound of this clicker. I don't care how good the treat is. Well, we don't even do that many times when we're teaching sit. It's like three, four times, maybe, and that's it, and try something else, then go back. But 20. Yes. The most, maybe five. But then take a break. Dogs can learn just as much from that break after a training session as they can from the training session. Exactly. That's when things get to stew in there and they can think about it. Yeah. 20 times is horrible. So I'm not even going to, to name the name of the, the clicker in the instructions because I don't want to give them that publicity. But if you're the maker of a clicker and you have a little handout that's 3 inches by 11 inches and you tell people... 20 times, we don't like it. (laughs) Now, there's a... So there. Now, there's another tool out there that makes a similar sound. This is supposed to be an attention grabber so that you can uh, interrupt bad behavior. Now, first of all, I don't have a problem with interrupting bad behavior. I know some trainers would like to concentrate 100% on the positive, and that's absolutely fine. All of us trainers do things different. But I think a dog can learn when the behavior is interrupted. However, listen to these two sounds. That's a clicker. This is the attention interrupter. Clicker. Attention interrupter. Okay, we got four dogs in the room right now, and they're just looking at you going, huh? (laughs) Yeah, no one's found salt salt asleep. Yeah, I, I I understand dogs hearing is very good, but how can that one be something good and this one be something bad? <laughs> well, and even the clicker is not good unless you 
pair it with, with a tree, good, and they learn right. through association it's good. Right. So you're gonna have to do the same thing with this other noise. But you can't know. use this and then use this. <laughs> yeah. No. No way. Dog's like what? <laughs> Wasn't this the same one that said you could use it as both good and bad? I don't know. I didn't get that far. I just you got the sound it. of it. Writings to, to talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> Can't read it there, Kate. <laughs> I'm doing my trombone reading. <laughs> so yeah, you've you've got to uh, think about the training tools a little bit, and and no matter how well they're marketed, make sure there's some common sense in there. That must have been another one that they were talking yeah. about. It could be both good and bad. Yeah. Now, oh, now we got. You could talk about this stuff. Bizarre, weird thing. I get sent as because I'm a writer and people hope to send me stuff so that I will help them promote it. I do often get some things in the mail, often unexpectedly. This one also has a clicker, a much softer clicker. But let's see how to describe it. Well, well, but, don't they say what, what don't they I, sell it as have your dog I, trained and problems with clickers and I understand the concept I have no problem and I've used it on occasion but I have to remember to find it and the ones that come with the leash strap or the whatever at least they're handy right okay that's my problem the lanyard ones are in the ones that don't have anything attached I can't find them when I right. want to use them right fine but this is an anchor attached to a clicker <laughs> the but it's a quick training device isn't it yeah, the yeah. handle. Yeah. the handle is plastic. Uh -huh. It's it the the handle part is rubberized, so it's supposed to be comfortable. The clicker is built in, so it's right under your thumb. It and combines the power of a training clicker with the must-have of a dog leash. But this is a real bulky dog leash. It's, it's as bulky as a. It's bigger than a retractable. It's bigger than a heavier. retractable leash. The leash part itself is attached to the handle with a quick link, a heavy quick link kind of carabiner type of thing, so it's rattly. A nylon they, leash for what? Four foot? No, uh, no, no, maybe three. three. They do yeah. advertise that other lengths of leash are available under separate cost, but one of the things that I dislike the most about this contraption was it was marketed to me as a money-making device. Discover how positive training can be positively profitable. So it was not sent to me and marketed to me as an aid to my students. It wasn't marketed to me as the next best, most wonderful tool that will help my students learn, but instead it was marketed to me as a means for me to make money. Now. I know making money is part of life, and we really do need to do that. We're too ethical. We're I just, know. We're just nice people. <laughs> My ethics get in the way of me making making too much money over my students. I know that makes makes me the weirdest capitalist on the face of the planet. But it just rubbed me wrong that the marketing campaign when they sent me this leash was for me to make money. With 100% markup available. See, that's... Lead the revolution in dog training with minimal investment and maximum profit. That's just wrong. 
Tell me how wonderful your product is. Tell me how this is going to help my benefit. students. Yeah. How can benefit my students, students benefit from this mm -hmm. product? And I'd be thrilled to to take a look at it and try it and and see if it really is going to work for them. But don't send it to me and tell me that I'm going to make a whole lot of money off my students. And you can make more money because they will have the option of buying leashes in different sizes. Yes. Uh, as needed for the dog and the accompanying videos. Oh, that's right. There uh, were videos yeah. to go along with it, too, that we sold separately. So they're mm. sending it to a woman who writes books on how to train your dog. Right. Who has classes for people to come out and practice. Mm -hmm. And the marketing advertisement says, this is the perfect solution for busy dog owners who don't have time to attend classes. <laughs> they chose me wisely when they sent me this, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> so again, we're not going to name the brand name. We're not even going to name the product because I don't want to give them that much exposure. But they did not choose wisely. <laughs> no. Okay, another one that bugs us. Petra, you want to talk about the oh, no pull, no pull know, harnesses? God, okay. I know. I just, I will have to say, every person that walks in with, there's so, so many varieties of no pull harnesses out there. I, they walk into class, their dog is pulling their arm out of their socket on a no pull harness, and I have to go up to them and say, so. How's that working for you? <laughs> Thank you, Doctor Phil. It's you know, it's like if you're if it worked, they wouldn't be in our classes, and they wouldn't write down the first thing of what the problem is with their dog is pulling on a leash, but yet they're on a no pull harness, and the harnesses are always made to actually look very uncomfortable. Like the one we're looking at has what an inch wide nylon one, and two, has how many three, four. Okay, four, buckles and four slip, slip. What do you got? Metal, four metal hickeys. brackets, adjustable two, things. Yeah, yeah. but uh, there are everywhere where a dog pressure points and a dog would be uncomfortable. The shoulders or, or a top of the shoulder blade. It, it's just so uncomfortable. And this little martingale-looking thing on the front of it to pull and make the dog stop pulling, or the ones with the string. The no yes, pull that it has cut, looks like a cut, string. Cuts, cuts into the dog. Oh, my gosh. That same article that I interviewed uh, Dr. Ian Dunbar, I also interviewed um, Dr. Christine Sink. She is uh, a veterinarian who specializes in canine athletes. And I asked her about the no pull harnesses. And... Christine's a wonderful woman. I've never met her in person, but I've interviewed her several times for books and articles. She not only dislikes no-pull harnesses, she hates them. And she says many of the veterinarians who work with the canine athletes have found that the no-pull harnesses hurt the dogs. Mm -hmm. There are buckles over muscles situated, so they're over a muscle, uh, over shoulders, and so the dog pulls and the harness tightens on him, puts pressure on, on the whole idea of the no pull harness is it makes it uncomfortable for the dog to pull. But dogs don't think like we do. If the behavior of pulling is rewarding enough, they're gonna continue doing it. And as we say, they push against restraint. And then they hurt themselves. Yep. It's just and not. And yet it's marketed as a kinder, gentler training tool. And there's yes. so many styles out there. Yeah. I hate them. I'm with, I'm, I'm with her. I, yeah. I, I don't like them. Yeah. They don't 
It's work. much easier is, to teach the dog the behavior we want him to do, control himself on the leash, reward him for controlling himself on the leash, and rather than relying on a tool that is, as Dr. Dunbar says, simply managing the behavior. And it's a, for a trainer, it's a mushy management. Yes. I mean, it takes so much yeah. longer and harder and more patience and everything. not in a good way. And we've proven... To teach a dog not to pull. And how many times have we proven it? We take, we immediately take that thing off the dog and put a different collar that we feel fit and boom, people are like, oh, how'd you get him to walk without pulling on a leash? Well, the other thing too is when most family pet owners are have a dog on a no-pull harness, they're just the lump at the end of the leash. Yeah. They're not teaching the dog. They're assuming that the harness is going to teach the dog. And when we take that harness off and we start teaching the dog, praising him when he's paying attention to us, interrupting bad behavior, mm -hmm. and again, praising him when he looks back at us, it's like the dog says, Oh, yeah, that's finally. what you wanted me to do. You're communicating with me. Yes. You're teaching me. Okay, nobody yeah. ever told me that's what you wanted me to do. And the sad thing is also who's promoting these harnesses, whether well, it's no puller, the regular harness, um, these young teenagers working in these pet stores. Oh, I mean, a friend yeah. of mine got that Rottweiler puppy, even though I told him not to, and he's now since thrown away the, the harness. He went in there, and some teenager told him to get a harness, and he asked why. Yeah. Because it's going to be a really big dog, and you need control. And I'm thinking, training gives you that communication, and I'll show you how to work to that or towards that gives direction. Gives you much more specific control. Yes. Easier control. Yeah. Control river. I actually put in ridiculous dog training in the search engine on the internet just to get mm -hmm. ready for tonight. And I, of course, ended up way far afield. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, <laughs> not only me, but the internet. But um, I came across someone saying that it's ridiculous to ask most pet owners, most average pet owners, to teach their dog to heal. It's just more trouble than the average pet owner ever needs to teach their dog. So she was promoting the harnesses, and I'm like, what? What? It's ridiculous to have a heel? But then I started realizing it's that kind of sloppy, well, as long as he's just not pulling me on my face down the street, I'm happy. Low, really low expectations for what a dog can do. Right. Dogs are smart. Well, Teach them, and, and show we, how to learn. We, I love it. We had a, uh, a case of that last week. You were talking to someone, and she had gotten some feedback that, oh, Liz expects too much of Aussies. Oh, or right. something along that lines. And, well, Australian Shepherds, yes, I have very high expectations for Aussies. <laughs> I have very ex high expectations for all dogs because exactly. I think they're all capable of it. Exactly. But Aussies, sure. I, I have sky-high expectations for them. Uh -huh. And there's nothing wrong with high expectations. It's more work to teach them that, but then you get more joy out of having a relationship with the dog and not just being the anchor on the, at end, the end of the end leash. Of the leash. Mm -hmm. Well, we're talking about leashes, Kate. Why don't oh. you talk about your favorite? <laughs> I just, you know, and it's funny. Many years ago, when I did the student backpack thing in Europe, I saw a retractable leash for the first time at a dog park. 
And I went, cool! And I carried one home in my backpack, bringing it to the motherland shores. And now I can't stand them. Well, first of all, as an introduction, we do not allow retractable <laughs> leashes on the kindred spirits grounds. Period. No, no. Except for the one that Kate has in her hands that we use as a demo of why they're horrible. Uh, <laughs> actually, once it was explained to the owner, she uh, she handed it we over. We didn't confiscate it. She gave it to us. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So you want to explain why? Well, we've got a... If you don't know what a retractable is, a clip to attach to the collar, a plastic body of different sizes, depending on the size of the length of the leash. And the leash can range from usually some kind of thin cord to occasionally a thicker... Uh, more common leash and then with there's drag there's spring on the inside so there's tension on it rather like the janitor used to carry his keys on right. his belt mm-hmm. right. so it goes back in and out so as a training device to teach a dog not to pull it's contraproductive the dog pulls he goes further it's a win Right. you're therefore teaching the dog to pull and even if you have it locked at a specific length he pulls hard, you go, oh, sweetie, you want to go a little farther. You unlock it, and he gets more. So again, even if you lock it and you give in to his pulling, he's rewarded for more pulling. And I rarely see people lock them, actually. Yes, I know. Oh, um, I don't, couldn't tell you how many dogs I've almost hit because they let them go full length of the retractable and into the street. Or I'm out on a walk, oh, and my dogs are gosh. peeling or on a short leash with me. Here comes a dog who's 25 feet away from his owner at the end of the retractable, and the owner's talking on a cell phone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Or they're at the end of that, and there's a couple dogs that may not be dog-friendly, and you see the owner trying to... Real! Fishing yeah! It's like, pull back, go forward, lock, pull back, and I'm sitting there going, okay, by the time you get your dog back, he'll be dead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah seriously. Uh, that takes way <laughs> amount of coordination. I mean, we, uh, the therapy dog group that we work with, they have a four-foot leash max. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's as far as your dog needs to be away from you when you're doing therapy dog work. Mm-hmm. Why a dog needs to be 25 feet away from you when walking down the street, I, I, I don't understand. No. And we have had story after story of our students, either themselves or so, we were saying one day, no, we don't allow these on the field to the whole class, explaining why. Guy jumps up and says, yeah, he was going for a nice walk down on the boardwalk by the beach. Lady approached him, small dog on a, a retractable. Beagle, 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 I think. With the corded uh, retractable leash. Beagle went past him and then got spooked. And in running back to owner, went around this guy, and the cord almost severed his Achilles tendon. Cut him uh. terribly and almost maimed yeah. him for life. Yeah. yeah, And he didn't have a dog with him or anything. He's just a pedestrian walking yeah. down yeah. the street. exactly. And then we had another, uh, we had a young couple in class, and one of their young family members, a child, was walking their dog on the retractable, and the dog was out at the end of the retractable. They got charged by another dog. So Grandma reached over to help the child holding the retractable, grabbed the cable part instead of the handle, the cable wrapped around one of her fingers and amputated it. Right then and there. Just think about that for a moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then as far uh, as problems to the dogs, we one situation we've been talking about for many years, a friend of ours has Newfoundlands. She, well, ha- 
had one of her newfies on a big, the big <laughs> retractable, with the, the Newfoundland one. size with the plastic handle. Something startled her dog. He pulled briefly. He didn't pull hard, but he just pulled briefly. Enough to yank that plastic thing out of her hand. It fell to the sidewalk behind him. And so as he was moving, it was banging on the sidewalk behind him. Panicked him. He ran. It chased him. He ran. It chased him. And he ended up about five miles away in the center divider of Interstate I-5, which goes the length of the west coast of California. Major freeway. Luckily, he wasn't hit by a car, and he didn't cause an accident, but it took a lot of coordination from several people to catch the dog and and to do it so that he didn't get hit by a car again. Yep. So We often joke that uh, Paul Gilligan with uh, Pooch Cafe... Yeah, Paul I Gil- still think he must have came to class. Yeah. and didn't know it. Paul Gilligan, the comic strip artist writer who does the comic strip Pooch Cafe, has done numerous strips, usually Sunday long color strips, on the evils of <laughs> retractable leashes. <laughs> and and I agree, he must have come through training with us <laughs> because we've got several of them posted on the the wall, the refrigerator uh-huh. here in the training office. But one of them, for example, the star of the strip, the the dog named Pooch, he goes to his friend and he says, Boomer, help, I'm on the end of a super long retractable leash. My master dropped the handle, it's retracting. And his friend says, what, get away from me then. It's coming for me, it's coming for me. Ah, stop following me. And at the end, the retractable leash atta- attacks him <laughs> because it's it's retracting Winding up the cord and chasing the dog. <laughs> From the dog's point of view, that's all too accurate. Yeah, that's yeah. too funny. So I'm sure the makers of the retractable leashes have heard many stories about how wonderful these are. They sell a zillion of them, but like we say, they're not allowed on the Kindred Spirits training yard. And they've gotten so fancy. Have you I seen them? They say- come with a flashlight, or they come with a little pooper scooper bag holder. Or- uh, yeah. Oh my! Little so saddle my- bags for it, so you can carry everything. It's the yeah. leash is no longer a training device. No. Oh it is a <laughs> backpack flashlight poop holder management tool mm-hmm. you know so you're you end up with five pounds with your uh. <laughs> oh, I know. and sometimes those hard plastic which is a great idea those little plastic pooper disposal things but clip it on your own belt buckle i hate it when it's on the leash because then i go and take a dog, dog and i go clunk clunk him on the head not on purpose but it was on the leash or you clunk yourself yeah <laughs> i mean we we sometimes refer to the leash as the umbilical cord between you and your dog and I was thinking about that one day because it is, it's kind of a sacred thing with us. It is our way to talk yeah. to the dog. One yeah, of our ways. Exactly. Right. And it's this. Don't interrupt it. People hang stuff <laughs> off of it. You interrupt the flow. Oh, oh, you're, you're, you're just, you're, that's my sacred thing you're just defiling there. What are you doing? Wear a fanny pack and put all the junk in the fanny yeah. pack. Yeah. Oh, the leash. <laughs> oh, but before we bring up that item. Do you guys remember the one, the leashes that are out there with the heavy-duty bungee? Oh, built oh, into the collar. The ones where you punch yourself in the face. The one I hit my chest so hard I knocked the breath out of me. Really? Yeah, it was a couple months Why ago. Why were you wearing that collar? No, <laughs> no the leash. No, oh, oh, the leash. Collar. No, and I did not know. It, this looked like an everyday leash. I didn't think anything about it. Well, the dog was 
um, charging, um, actually it was your dog, Gina, who was resting in the little, the puppy yard. Dog went to charge and the lady wasn't doing it correctly. I said, here, let me show you. We can't allow fence fighting. So the dog charged. I went to get a snap. So our thing was one of those flexible elastic thing. I got the bone right in my chest. Ow. Lost the breath in me for a moment until I got myself back together. <laughs> and then I'm like, get me a leash. A <laughs> real dog leash. come back like a... Well, I think I must have hopped or just did some weird noise. So the dog stopped and was just staring at me. Like, <laughs> Are you having what? a heart attack? Lady? What happened to you? <laughs> so I switched switched leashes, put on a regular one, handed it to the lady. And I said, "Throw it away. Don't ever bring it back here because I'm going to kill myself with that thing." <laughs> oh, and I those are the other leashes I despise those elastic thingies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, it's oh. just, what do they say? So if your dog pulls, he won't pull you over until he reaches the end of the rubber band and you got 60 pounds of box, you're snapping back. <laughs> oh, or, or let's, let's not put a teeny tiny Yorkie on it. Whee! <laughs> like a yo-yo. But, but it muddles the message again. Yeah. yeah. It, it muddles the message and turns it into a management, ooh, not a training. Let's talk yeah. about teaching the dog what we would like him to do. So, okay, you get something in front of you. You've yeah, been, you've been saving this. <laughs> well, I had gotten excited about this idea. Uh, I don't know if I want to say the name, but anyway. No, let's not say the we brand. We won't say any name. Okay. But the, it's a device, a small, well, about three, four inches long, of plastic with a hook on one end and a circle at the other. So the idea was you would hook it to your dog's collar and then you hook your leash to this device. So, uh, what are there? When you, if there was any pulling on the leash, a whistle would sound. Now, they were promoting it as a way to get your dog to stop pulling, that they wouldn't like the whistle. But I didn't really care about that, and I didn't think it would stop dogs. What I wanted was a way to remind owners who were trying to drag their dog around by a tight leash that they weren't teaching anymore. Yes. They were just dragging. Yes. And mm. I wanted to remind the human end of the leash, leave it, keep it loose unless you're teaching with it. So you need to make a device like that with a voice in it that says, owner, you're being stupid. <laughs> well, I've actually got two different people working on some kind of prototype. I've given them the idea. Oh, God. <laughs> go off and work on it. Go off and work yeah, on it. Yeah, not for the dog, the owner. <laughs> but for the owner. Something higher up on the leash, so that or anywhere, in, yeah. not, far away from the dog's, as far away from the dog's sensitive ears, right? As we can be and still interrupt the leash action. Well, that's funny. But hey. the other part was that when this thing came, it didn't work anyway because it wasn't well made. No, it there was, were no holes for the whistle. Yeah, it was cheap, oh, very, tell, very cheaply made. You can tell a story what we saw. Yes, Pedro and I a few years ago Poor went dog. to a dog trainer seminar. For dog trainers. This was not open to the general public. It was open to dog trainers. And one of my books had just been released by a publisher. So we set up a vendor's booth. Uh And we had your Shasta. Uh And I had Ursa, our Australian Shepherds, in the vendor's booth with us. And most of the time they were off leash. Just We had a rug or a bed for them. We were talking to people about They were so my books. well behaved. Oh they, my they, god. They were such good girls. Good girls. But being in a vendor's booth 
We watched all of these, and I'm going to say this. Tactfully? Try to say it tactfully. Dog trainers. We watched all these dog trainers walking around, and some of them had so many training tools on their dogs that we felt sorry for their dogs. (laughs) There were multiple leashes, multiple oh. collars, things that whistled, things that squeaked, um, multiple collars. There was this oh one poor God. German Shepherd that you and I both wanted to steal. Oh, we did. He was oh so depressed <laughs> because his owner had on leashes, collars, head halters, squeaking harnesses. devices, harnesses. All on the same dog. On yes. the same dog at the so same crap time. On him, he looked so sad. He was depressed. Oh. He was sad. His he head was heart. hanging. I wanted to save that dog. I just wanted to take him away from her and tell her she didn't deserve to have him. No, he tolerated all the crap on him, all the noises it was making. He didn't acknowledge and any he, of it, and he was head and down. he was not being a bad boy. No. But there were so many dog trainers at this event walking around in the vendor area and in the seminars that um, their dogs were so poorly behaved. I was embarrassed. I was too. And actually when we left, we had brought the wagon. So Shasta and Ursa took turns hauling my boxes of books and our table and chairs and everything from the vendor area out to the van and back. And many of the pe- trainers were shocked that our dogs were were working. <laughs> but we got the best compliment ever. We get the best compliment there. Well, uh, the person who was there, um, one of the primary speakers was the trainer of Moose, Moose who played Eddie on Frasier. And to get the dog in the wagon from the building to the van, we had to go down the wheelchair ramp that was in a big Z pattern. Mm-hmm. So the dog had to pull down, hit the sharp corner, back and fill the wagon to turn it, go down to the next one, back and fill, and then down. Mm -hmm. Well, when I was taking a load out with Ursa, I didn't realize I was being watched. I was concentrating on helping Ursa. And when we got down to the bottom of the ramp, I hear this voice from up above me, clapping hands and the voice saying, well done, well done, very good dog training. And I look up, she's got... Moose in her arms, and she's clapping yeah. for Ursa working with the wagon. And that was kind of neat. That no, was, I think we were at her booth. She stopped us. Right. And asked about how that how we did that. Right. With the dogs. Yeah. 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 But the big, the big point I was trying to make with this whole story was, again, all these things, all these contraptions, I think are masking the whole idea is that we need to teach our dogs. Yeah, so many dogs had so much gadgets and crap on them. And, and the we owners just had, on them. We had buckle collars and a leash. That's all we had on our dogs, buckle mm-hmm. collars and a leash. A couple of That's years it. ago, um, whenever, I'm bad with time, everybody. Okay. Um, <laughs> Kate, many, is ta- Kate is time impaired. I am very time impaired. Many mm-hmm. years ago, when I first started doing the privates, mm-hmm. and I was still a little nervous about, okay, all right, here's no script here. I'm going to have to go out and try and solve a problem. And I started off for somebody's visit, got about three quarters of the way there, and realized I didn't have my training bag. Mm-hmm. My fanny pack with treats and a spare leash and some mm-hmm. extra stuff and distractions. And, and I was kind of, oh my gosh, 
how can I do this? And then I stopped and thought, well, wait a minute. It's my brain. Mm -hmm. It's my brain that's needed here. Mm -hmm. And um, everything else is just a tool for my brain to work. And I walked in and had a great session. And I still carry my training bag when I remember. <laughs> for the access. And the, but um, I now concentrate more on my brain. Well, that behavior consult that I asked you to go to with uh -huh. me because it was two dogs fighting. I brought my bag. I never took one thing out of it. I uh, took the treats out to get the dogs. Oh, we, we get, got the treats. But, uh, but other than that, I, I had all kinds of stuff in there, but we, we didn't use it. Again, it we was... We needed voice. We needed the leash that the owner had. Right. To keep the dog close Some enough. treats for attention. The treat for extra attention because the dog didn't have a bond with me to care whether I liked said good, good girl or not. Right. Right. So the treats are to teach the dog to pay attention so then the owner can take over and just use affection if needed right. or treats as well. Right. But anyway, that's what I really learned by doing the privates and forgetting all of my equipment one time was mm -hmm. it's more important if I can communicate with the owner how they can use this stuff and then get rid of it. Right. Exactly. And that's the point of this podcast, everyone. We're not trying to make fun of manufacturers and that's one of the reasons why we're not saying brand names. Besides, we don't want to give the publicity to the tools we don't like. But the whole point of this is training is not about gadgets. Mm -hmm. Training is about establishing a bond with your dog, using a tool or two if you need to, to keep the dog with you, to control him while you teach him, and then set some expectations for him. And don't be afraid to set high expectations because... A dog's reach can only exceed his <laughs> muzzle? <laughs> okay, let's forget All that. All right, Kate. <laughs> Sorry, Thoreau. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with high expectations. Uh, we want the dog to accomplish as much as he can, if nothing else, so the two of you enjoy your time together more. Kate's got oh, a very pensive look on her face. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah, maybe we'll just continue on. Well, okay. Uh, yeah. No, and again, my perusing the internet and coming across, and it it is for me all about communication. Yes. And one particular article was on the three things that people do wrong. And one one of the aspects that this guy was talking about was treating your dog like a laboratory subject. I will do this 20 times, and the dog will react in this way. And uh. they vary from the parameter set... They're flummoxed. The dog right. is stupid. Uh, the, the, the dog is untrainable, whatever. Instead of adjusting for... And as I was reading that, I was thinking, my... And I have weird allegories. <laughs> really? I do. Um, <laughs> but for me, it's more like a dance. You know? You're, one is leading, yes. Mm -hmm. Hopefully the human end of the leash. But you're also responding to your partner's steps mm -hmm. as well, trying to guide them along the way you want to go on the dance floor. Sure. But it's a dance back and forth, and to me, that's part of the joy of it. Sure. And you adjust to different partners. I do. You don't just stick to one way, one style. Everyone has a little that's bit right. of different style. Well, spoken as, spoken as one who has two left feet and absolutely no sense of rhythm, and my... Good friends will reinforce that. <laughs> Can't carry a tune in a bucket. 
But I have watched people dance, so okay, I'll go along with that. <laughs> Analogy, not allegory. I, I understand that some people do dance and some people enjoy it. So Word communication, it's a lovely conversation that right. you have with someone. Right. Because a conversation isn't just all one way. Right. You listening to the response of whoever. And I think any of us, we all have multiple dogs, and each one we train and each one talks a little different. Each one dances a little different. We work with each one differently. Mm -hmm. I mean, when it's working really good, it's almost like making love. Oh, I shouldn't feel that wrong. (laughs) Sorry. Okay, before you went that far, I was. I, I was thinking of a new book title. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh-oh. We got her going. You going to talk about it? In a, well, I was thinking some a- means of uh, dancing with your dog that's not freestyle ah. as dog training. Yes. Yeah. Oh. All right, so on that note. <laughs> a little conversation, a little music, a little wine. Hey, that helps sometimes. <laughs> Kate, oh, say bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> that's it, folks. I hope we've given you a few things to think about. Hopefully made you laugh a little bit. <laughs> Hopefully not thinking too much. Don't go down Kate's road. <laughs> I don't know where you're going there, kiddo. Teach <laughs> your dog. Love them, but not that much. <laughs> and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life? Well, find out everything you're begging to know as Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with pet expert and award-winning author Liz Palaika. Every dog has his day, and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.